0: entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi
1: everyone, Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business for another week. So one of the most popular episodes of Scale Up Your Business since I started doing them are the chats that I have with a fellow colleague, scale-up expert, business coach, and mentor, Gavin Preston. So we first got together about a year ago and we uh, decided to talk about predictions for 2020. And we realized about two months in that uh, we knew nothing about anything (laughs) and the world went into COVID chaos. But that didn't push us back. It didn't make us feel uh, that we, uh, we couldn't bounce back into things. So we decided to to get together again and be brave enough to talk about predictions, expectations for 2021. So I'm delighted to say that today's episode is a fireside chat with Gavin Preston, where we're going to get into, I suppose, some learnings really about what happened to us personally in um, 2020, and then, of course, what we want to get into Um, this coming year to make the most out of it so just quickly gavin as i said fellow colleague fellow, fellow business scale up expert he has a podcast which is called the business mastermind podcast and this is a joint recording a fireside chat so to speak so we'll be publishing this episode on his podcast as well as on scale up your business Okay. And just before we kick off with Gavin, just a a bit of an announcement. Um, If you are around the place on January 21st, 2021 at 5 p.m. Eastern time, I will be speaking at an event. It's called the Virtual Private Equity Event. And it's going to focus on how you can make your business attractive to sell to a private equity firm. So if you have a business that's you know seven figures, eight figures, profitable, and you're thinking about an exit, and you're thinking that private equity could be one of those options. Then I'll be speaking about that. Um, I'll also be sharing the stage, the virtual stage, with Richard Conroy and Trevor Anderson, uh, both experts in the M and A space. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun so if you're interested in doing that there is a link at the bottom of the show notes and as i said that event is on january 21st 21 so a week or so away from the uh, the release of this episode uh, 5 p.m eastern time so that's it here we go looking forward to my conversation with
0: gavin preston mm-hmm. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's another collaborative podcast. So hi, it's Gavin here from the Business Mastermind Podcast and Nick
1: Bradley from Scale Up Your Business Podcast. Good to be here, Gavin, and to do what's becoming... We've done this
0: twice now. This is our annual thing. It's our (laughs) annual thing where we look ahead and we were just laughing about how wrong we were when we sat down at the turn of... 2019 to 2020 and uh, we uh, from a position of uh, apparent insight uh we were calling what were the priorities of the trends for 2020 and of course how wrong were we well like, so, so yeah we... so so
1: basically everyone listening you can't trust anything that we say <laughs> because our crystal balls those like silver like what are you called, those those nice glass things that we look into at the beginning of a year we, we
0: had lots of ideas didn't we for 2020 <laughs> Uh, we did. And of course, uh, yes, a global pandemic came along. But I think it would be really good to just reflect a little bit. Uh, the purpose of today's uh, conversation is about let's have a look back around some of the shifts for 2020. And um, then once again, we'll try and see, uh, share with you some thoughts, <laughs> ideas and trends that we're seeing that are going to impact yes. the coming year. So um, I know um, that you recently had a conversation about your reflections around 2020. So do you want to sort of kick off with some of the observations you've got from that?
1: Yeah, I'll try and keep it nice and crisp, because there's so many different things that happened this year. And so I, mean, I think the first thing is, talk about sort of psychology and mindset. Let's kick off on that. I think we saw so many different examples of how people deal with change. And I know you probably have the same reflection as me on this. You know, I have some clients who just led straight into it, you know, tried to get to the front as much as possible. And they were going to drag everyone kicking and screaming through the, the COVID-19 crisis. And then I had other ones that literally just went missing. I Mm. had one client in particular, who's going to come on my podcast in a few weeks and um, he coined the term, he went into hibernation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And so it was interesting for me personally, i i was probably more the former i tried to think i can solve this i can do everything and you know ran at a thousand miles an hour certainly in the beginning and that was good i think overall as a strategy because it meant that i got a lot of things happening which may have taken longer had i've given myself a little bit more time but it did sort of wear me out and by the summer we managed to get away for a couple of weeks and it was really lovely i needed that break
0: mm-hmm. how about you <laughs> yeah well uh, I pushed hard and at the same time, one of my clients, and we just mentioned, uh, have helped him sell his business this year. So pretty much at the beginning of the lockdown process, we found ourselves starting off a due diligence process with two potential suitors. Uh, one of which a deal has now been done, will be done in the next 24 hours. So at the time of recording, so that's been a really exciting journey awesome. and re- really being close around, the, uh, around that. And then we managed to get away, um, just for ten days to uh, Cornwall on the Isles of Scilly, which we'd never been to before, which was just a stunning break and lots of outdoorsy, marine walk stuff. Walking, you know, where there was no car; we had no car, no transport on the island other than our, you know, our feet. So we did a low, we did loads of walking in the week, but travelled and explored the islands. So that was stunning, but that was a good break, and it was it was certainly needed. And I- I've seen a real sentiment or-, or-, or theme throughout the whole of the year with those that have been pushing really hard, but also have had not actually had the time off or the break and and many people where they might have had little top ups where they might normally go away for a long weekend once a quarter or something like that those sort of like mini breaks haven't been taking place at all and many of course have gone without a a summer vacation. Yeah. And, and, this is, and this is a good
1: point, I think, to start on, you know, as <laughs> we'll get into the business side of a lot of this stuff in a minute, but there, there's a certain degree of awareness and discipline that needs to happen now that, you know, the way that we're all potentially working has changed. Because I, I was the same. I plan my year in advance. I have this wall calendar. I buy one every single year and I, and I plan every quarter to kind of go away and do some personal development, professional development. And then I, I have lots of breaks with family. And it was funny how quickly that got thrown in the bin, <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. and I had, I had I literally I was cancelling all these trips that I had pre-booked all the way up to the first half of the year, yeah. and then even even like leading up to Christmas, you know, as as we record this, it's kind of like I haven't taken the time, and you know, we're just saying before we press record, I'm I'm pretty tired now. Just just I need to kind of just go and read a couple of books and watch some Christmas movies, <laughs> and just reset a bit. Because I think you know, 21. When we get into it, it's going to be different. It's not going to be any less, I think, chaotic and uncertain. Um, But I think you know, I, I feel much more prepared now. I've gone through the, the training, <laughs> the training of 2020. Do you
0: know? I, I had a, a reaction as I kind of um, got going this morning, and I, and and I saw uh, somebody that we both follow, that we both know, pumping out fresh new content about the latest lockdowns, and I just thought. I want a break. I, I just I just feel like I haven't got the... I don't feel as if I have the need or the desire to jump on pumping out more content. I know I've run on empty. I've really pushed for my clients who are... The other thing that I've, I've seen a lot happen this year is that as if it wasn't enough for people to deal with what's going on with their working from home, their businesses, etc., people have had, as is life, other stuff going on. So whether it's been, you know, sadly bereavements or illnesses or construction work at home or house moves or something that's been a massive disruption in their own life. And we've, we've had that. And, and, and it's, we just get to the point where Going to switch off we're gonna take we at least a week if not ten days and we're just gonna switch off.
1: Yeah no I'm the same exactly the same and the and the big one for us was homeschooling with a a six and a nine year old and, and my wife's an entrepreneur she's got a couple of businesses and we've got our businesses you know myself and the stuff we do on the scale up your business and so a bit of a bit of navigation just around how you do that effectively and I think again if I look back I probably haven't been As much as I've been home more than ever, I haven't been as present at home this year as I have been when I go away for a couple of weeks in the US and then come back and spend time with family. Mm -hmm. And I'm super conscious of, again, this next couple of weeks, just literally getting away from everything. And, you know, putting the phone down and doing them. this is the last conversation sort of podcast I'm doing for the year, which is great. I'm glad we got to, to do this together because it's always yeah, a fun yeah. chat. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm just going to play with the girls, you know, walk around outside
0: and just uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the time. I'm really encouraging the people I'm speaking to in business to actually make sure they take a break. I was speaking to a client earlier today and, and I said, you are switching off, aren't you? Even if it's, you know, for just three or four days, you are actually having a break. Because I've heard phrases like people saying, I feel really down, like dark clouds over me, I'm burnt out. Natural fact, Drew Houston, the CEO, of Dropbox says there's actually, he sees as, a, as a, an epidemic of burnout because of how people are pushed so hard this year mm, to try to s- solve their challenges in their businesses, et cetera. So yeah, I think now is a time. Hopefully, by the time that you've listened to you're listening to this, you will have had a recharge over over the festive period. So yeah, um, other things that I've seen notice really happen this year those the word of 2020 after lockdown has been pivot, and I've seen some really mm-hmm. good examples of businesses that have adapted and moved very quickly. And one, one of my larger corporate clients is an, is an example of that, HSBC as a bank, um, what they achieved with IT systems rollout and rolling out Zoom, for example, in the speed of time that they did that was unheard of with an organization that size. So you, I've seen plenty of examples of businesses, large or small, where they've been really very effective at doing a successful pivot. And what do, you, what do you think,
1: I mean, just using that example, what, what do you think the learnings are from that? Um, what, what's, I mean, obviously we've talked about the psychology and the people, the, the need that people feel they need to do more because of the uncertainty, but, but what else can we learn from some of those examples? It it kind of proves to some extent
0: that we can do more than we're capable of when we're focused, doesn't it? And totally. So I think when you've got a a big, large organization, there's a belief, you know, let's let's take a a big international corporate or think change takes time. We have to go through regulatory approval. There's no way we could do this. Um, and we'll, Will the teams, will the employees be able to embrace the new technology? And when you are put in a position where everybody's put in a position where you have to, where there is no other alternative other than to do this, otherwise, as a bank, you cannot serve your customers if you can't, connect, if you, if you can't open your doors, then um, it's amazing how things can move and move very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, indeed. And I suppose that the next thing um, that comes to mind, which is in relation to some of that is how we've all had to adapt to how we work. Sure. And and I've been I've been saying this quite a lot recently that I think if anything the future of work was always starting to change anyway in terms of more flexibility more use of digital do you need to be in an office in the same way and we can get into that but obviously the whole COVID nineteen thing has accelerated that shift I mean I, I've got some um, some banking clients if you like who would never ever have thought of the fact that you could work fully <laughs> online you know they they kind of you know love the idea of everyone comes into their grand desk offices but but I think that's that's something that's not going to go back. I mean, not to mention the cost savings of that. But again, there are some things around that need to be considered. So, any any reflections on that?
0: Yeah, I think you. Uh, I think there's good and bad. There's people that have had a lot more um, time to be able to be at home because they've not had to do the commute. But as I said to you again before we started to record, I've got to a point now where I really miss face to face interaction. So I went through this the journey of thank goodness I used to spend. 12 14 hours a week traveling, and I've got that time back, which is great. Um, however, I Zoom is amazing. Your know, Teams is amazing, but you you can't that connection you get, the energy you get in a room of a group of people. I've 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 missed that. So, I think that we've seen that we've seen a change in the work wardrobes, haven't we, over the course of the year, which has been quite cool. I've got my cardigan on. I've got yeah, my yeah, cardigan you got, and T-shirt. You know, and it's
1: funny. I'm I'm on a call later today, selling, helping sell a business for someone, and it's like pretty. And I still wear this.
0: I'll just say yeah, yeah, do it up a little bit. So 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 that <laughs> that humanness, that casual, that I think that's all good. Um, I think with the hybrid going forward. So I think there needs to be a hybrid going forward where we still come together to collaborate, to create ideas, to have team sessions, as well as doing, you know, uh, individual work remotely. Yeah, no,
1: indeed. I, I, listen, I, there's different schools of thought of this, and I'm going to say my opinion. And I, take, I, t- I say this with uh, the caveat of what you said beforehand, that for many, many people, 2020 has been terrible there's been loss of life, loss of business, huge amounts of disruption. Um, nothing like I've ever experienced in my lifetime of, you know, 46 years on the planet. I presume it's probably what it was like back in wartime or something like that. Yeah, sure, sure. But again, there wasn't the social media, those <laughs> yeah. aspects. But but I I've, I've found it an incredible year of growth for me um, on a personal front in terms of just I've done a lot of work on personal development leading up to this year. I'd invested in myself in that way for a long time. And I found that a lot of that came together. And when I was advising clients, big and small, a lot of it was around making sure that they were starting to give themselves time, habits, routines, those sort of things, just to be able to help navigate this in a way that was going to be constructive and not overwhelming. Sure. And the clients that really did well for me this year, the ones that I work with closely, some of them had to have their best years ever, were the ones that that managed to understand that and put that stuff into practice. And it's not to say it's just that, but I think that's a um, something definitely people should think about if they haven't started, um, you know, taking
0: more time for themselves as they come into twenty one. Yeah, there's a phrase I I use, you know, like mindset is the difference between game on and game over. And I've seen people... I think you don't have to look very hard over the course of this year for there to be examples of a dearth of leadership. But I've seen the opposite true in many of my clients where they've had to step up, they've had to lead, they've, they've, they've kept people engaged, they've kept morale up, they've led a pivot or whatever that might have been in terms of innovation in their offering. But they, because they've had to, have demonstrated much stronger leadership than maybe have been put, called upon them previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think now as they look forward um, they've got a greater inner knowing and confidence that they can cope with more than they may have realized what they could have done previously.
1: Yeah. Nicely said. And you had a big year cause you had
0: your book out. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I had a great year and, and that was, that was a, a wonderful gift or legacy of the first lockdown. If to look at it positively, it, I, I, cause I wasn't traveling, I had no excuse other than to get down and get on with it. And uh, so that's been brilliant and I've thoroughly enjoyed the journey and um, yeah, that's, that, that to, to just mind-blowing to have people from you know columbia to hong kong to singapore to australia to canada you know all over the world to take copies and, and read the book and get feedback on that and that has been a great help and and every now and again i'll be in a conversation with somebody and they says yes and you wrote in such and such a chapter on it oh yeah i did <laughs> but that's um i'm i'm delighted about it and it's been a source of real pride for this year and um And as I mentioned before, I helped sell two businesses this year, uh, went through a process of helping a client buy another another one. And there's a pipeline and, you know, I've embarked even further down the path that I know you well well trodden on around acquisitions. So we've got an exciting 2021 together on that space as well.
1: No, awesome. Well, I think we'll we'll talk about that as a theme in a second for 21, because I think that's an interesting one for people who are maybe considering entrepreneurship in, you know, maybe for the first time. So we can talk about that. But so uh, yeah, your book's awesome, mate. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, well, I, I'm going to say it's awesome because I admire, firstly, the fact you did it. I love the video of when you were opening the boxes when they first arrived at home and you were super <laughs> excited with a you know little clap there. Oh, That was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. I've got a book coming, but um, I'm not quite as diligent as you. I've got a ghostwriter helping me with it. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think that's good leverage of your time.
1: Well, it is. But I did the opposite this year. I, I've been on 75 podcast interviews. Wow. Including the, and that, does, sorry, that doesn't include the two that I put out for scale up your business. And now I've got a publicist in the US as well. And that's, but that's taken on a whole different life. But I kind of, I, similar to you, I wanted to put more stuff out there to help people. I didn't want to go crazy and just comment on every piece of social media because that's not me but I wanted to put my thoughts out there as much as I possibly could into different networks. And that's been massive. So um, I'm going to continue doing that in 21. It does mean I have to be more conscious of my time, particularly around how much I'm you know, putting into this kind of idea of helping people through that mechanism. But it's just been the people I've met. We've, we've started two separate businesses off relationships that have come from those interviews. Um, and then some of the shows, like the biggest show I was on this year had an audience of 600,000 Whoa. And was aligned with Marshall Goldsmith, who's considered one of the, certainly one of the best executive coaches in the world. So, Fantastic. yeah, but all of this, you know, to, to, to draw a line a little bit under it was my reaction to, I need to do more, you mm-hmm. know, to help other people, but also to, to make sure that I was doing everything I could to make sure my businesses were working as well.
0: Yeah. And I think when when we do push ourselves to to contribute more, the rewards are fantastic. And um I, I'd always had the vision that at the time, I think there was a vision that helped me finish, complete, get the book out there. Survive and thrive, had secure scale and succeeding business was that vision that there will be somebody that will read that book that is on their business is on the brink, and then they personally might be you know in a pretty dark place, and if they take one idea out of that that helps them to turn things around or to take a plateauing business and get it back into growth, then that certainly really
1: helped. No, I love that. I love and I love the idea that you know this is the thing people ask me all the time about um, podcasting, all the stuff that we do like that. And I always say, if it helps one person, then the job's done. The
0: thing I've loved the most about the pod, I love the most about the podcasting journey, is the amazing people that I get the opportunity to speak to on a regular basis. The, the insights, the inspirations, the connections that I've made through an interview, through a conversation that's you know like this at forty-five minutes a duration or something, and and yeah, it's many of whom I'm still in contact with now after after one podcast interview, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the gift that um, people don't appreciate.
1: Um, I had Jay Abraham on last week, and uh, it was an hour interview. Um, but then ended up being another hour where he dissected my business. Now he's t- whoa, I know, man, it was unbelievable. And, and I appreciate you know, it, the value of that. <laughs> well, it's he charges like a crazy amount of money, but you yeah. know, he's for people listening to this, he's worth a Google. I mean, he's called the twenty one point seven billion dollar man. You know, for a lot of reasons, he's the guy who actually um, created Tony Robbins' business empire. So he was his coach, which is in itself in its own just incredible. But again, you know, I couldn't have access to these individuals if we didn't, you know, put ourselves out there in the way that we had. Have. And it's the consistency of, of doing that which makes the difference. So I fully agree. It's um it's been an amazing
0: journey so far, and still lots more to come. So let's look forward, if we dare, be so bold, and let's look forward to twenty one and and what, what's happening. Everyone's and, going like they've been
1: rambling on because they don't want to go there. They're we're
0: like, avoiding it. <laughs> so so uh, let's pull off the uh,
1: the sticky. The, first, the
0: the the first thing I'll say is. When we went back, if we rewind to the UK and internationally, first set of lockdowns in in, in March, April of 2020, I knew it was going to be a a bumpy six months. And I knew there was going to be a, a knock on effect, a long tail in terms of the economic damage and impact. What I didn't appreciate or didn't believe that would be the case that we could be facing the prospect of Q1 2021 with ongoing lockdowns.
1: Fully, fully agree. And, and I was, you know, I was listening back to episodes of podcasts I did or ones that I like, and everyone was saying, oh, I'll be, it'll be killed in the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> And, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, and, and this is the thing, people ask me quite a bit and they probably ask you as well, Gavin. So how long is this going to go for? And I just don't answer that anymore. I mean, I, you know, I have, I have a thought in my head, but I'm like, we just don't know, you know, there's too many unknowns. So all you can do really is, is prepare for, you know, whatever the worst extremity of that is, but do the best you can with everything you've got. So I don't know. I mean, do you have a view on that? Do you have a, a timeline in your mind that you
0: want to share or are you in some similar place to me? I, I'm thinking, um, Easter summer by the time the vaccine starts to get some real sort of coverage across the, across the world and, you know, the, the weather gets a bit warmer and I think I we'll have an improvement there for sure. Um, but it, but the other thing where I see that there's going to be a knock-on effect that for some time, is think supply chains have been hit really hard. Yeah, no, that
1: this is, and this is the um, I agree with you on that as well because it's 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 the world catching up to how if you want to call it this, the world of commerce has changed. You know, and yeah, I and am sure. seeing and and that and that's that's an interesting play because I think there's a point where, you know, to use the word pivot, there are lots of different businesses or types of strands of business that have changed and are now getting traction and accelerating, right? And that's, I mean, one of them is supply chain. One of them is everything that's happening online generally. Um, And you're starting to see the tension that's being caused from that. And that's only going to accelerate. I I think it's a systemic change. You know, it's not going to suddenly go back. We might have things that were like they were in some extent, but there's a massive shift that has now happened. And I think that's going to provide opportunity in, in many, many sectors, as much as it's going to have to have people thinking differently about areas where the opportunity for disruption is significantly greater and more visible than it was 12 months ago.
0: There's an overall trend of, you know, global to moving to local. And I, I've seen examples of supply chains being disrupted. So they've had to look for local manufacture. So furniture manufacturers in the UK would um or have sourced parts, key parts to their furniture outside of the UK. They're now finding or having to find manufacturing capability in the UK, much more expensive and their prices have gone up, but they've gone to having to source local. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that as well. And this is,
1: there's plenty of uh, interesting opportunity. I mean, the other one that I've noticed is, um, well, two things actually, house prices outside of London, you know, where, you know, where you know, you're in Wales, I'm in the middle of nowhere, uh, going crazily high and starting to increase, uh, certainly in my local village. And that's, you know, not, not the best kind of what I call macroeconomic example. But if you think about the, the logic behind that, you don't necessarily need to be in the city anymore. So, you know, why put yourself into a tiny, you know, two bedroom apartment for over a million bucks when you can get a seven bedroom house <laughs> somewhere else. So that, that's going to be really interesting, I think, for the whole real estate market overall. And then you've got the corporate real estate part of that as well. Um, and then the other thing that's interesting is um, second ca- secondhand
0: car market. Have you, have you noticed the prices of secondhand cars? i must admit actually for someone who actually really likes cars because i've hardly driven over the last nine months i haven't been paying attention to the second hand car market no well some of the more um yeah some of the more kind of
1: luxury brands and things like that they're going up like the prices are going up and same in the u.s i've got a few uh, people over there who who um, work with a business called truro and so again i haven't unpacked some of these things but it's just interesting because they're I mean that particular one the car one is not something I would have expected but if someone's listening to this and into that trade they probably should start to have a look at it because you know there might be some short-term opportunities to be able to uh, to do something as we're still in this um, in this kind of strange period.
0: So yeah there's a number of trends and actually, I I look at uh, um, regularly look at sites like trendhunter.com and they they track 18 sort of global trends and it's some of it is a continuation of what was already there. So, for example, you've got uh, increased automation, artificial intelligence, uh, jump out, personalization has been a trend there for some time. But we've seen an acceleration of change. And I think it was an um, interesting um, piece of work that was done by McKinsey's actually saying that the rate of change economically um, as a result of 2021 global restrictions, et cetera, et cetera in two months, economically, we were where they were in two thousand and nine after two years of wow. global. So the pace of change, the the whole period piece about acceleration of change has improved massively, and. This was backed up by another study that was done by um, Bain and Co, you know, big international consultants, and they were talking about the businesses that are now going to really lead and come out ahead are those with increased adaptability. And you need, and they, they cited well three sort of major factors, each of which had a subset of three points, so nine points in total. But just to summarize the three major points, one was having clarity of direction. Where's your north star? and so many people say well i can't plan there's so much uncertainty so many unknowns about supply chain about lockdowns how can i plan well those that are still locked onto their north star their direction they've been able to come up with different scenarios and run different you know game plans um, the second one has been around flexibility of cost base and capacity. So those that have mm-hmm. been able to turn up and turn down in the cost base in line with demand. And the third one is around pro creating a pro-change culture. So what are the things that you can do to make sure that the people in your organization run towards change and actually embrace it and accelerate it? They're all good points.
1: I, I'll, I'll jump on the first one for a sec because I think it's worth exploring that. Because what I've found is, it's the middle part of planning and I'll kind of give a timeline of that, which is is more difficult, but the the stuff that's a fair way out, let's say you're talking about a three-year vision. Let's say you want to sell your business in three years or you want to, you know, transform something that's still quite possible because again, it doesn't bring in the short-term dynamics as I mean, like the 12 months play. And the other end of that is the next, the next 90 days you Know which I think you can absolutely plan for the next 90 days, right? You know, <laughs> sure. so but it's the annual planning and this idea, oh, I don't know what the year is going to be like. Well, yeah, we don't know what the year is going to be like, but you know, you can assume that in three years it's probably going to, you know, we're going to get back to something, right? Particularly yeah. what we spoke yeah. about, and of course, with the great thing about vision is you can you can kind of make it relatively ethereal, so it becomes your North Star to use your point, but then you can absolutely plan your days, your weeks, and your next you know,
0: three months. I like yeah. that. And that yeah. removes some of the excuses. But to you pointed out earlier on about a client of yours has hibernated, I think you will s- – I've seen a number of businesses hibernate, um, but I think as we start to emerge economically uh, and GDP levels, etc., in late 2021 uh, into 2022, those that have hibernated will be left a lot further behind.
1: Yeah. And and that's a good example of, of people's appetite for risk as well. The, the people who um, leverage debt well – in 2020. And I still think there's an opportunity massively around that in 21 because, you know, there's the risk of, okay, well, I now owe someone something, but if you're investing that in things like marketing or product development or other forms of, you know, value creation, then, you know, you've got to back yourself back to mindset again, that you're going to get a return. The return may not be immediate, but, you know, I was advising everyone to, to leverage those opportunities. A lot of people, depending on their psychology, were like, oh, I can never do that. But I was know, shocked
0: about that. I was shocked by that. So here's a stat, and I don't think it's breaking any confidentialities. Um, out of HSBC's business portfolio and commercial portfolio, less than 20% of their customers have taken a, a C-bills or a business bounce-back loan. And I was shocked oh, at that. Wow. Because to me, that's a, that is a wasted opportunity in terms of leveraging debt. And let's be blunt, cheap, cheap debt.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, we worked the sum out. I've, I've got seven companies, right, seven separate businesses, and we took the loans out on every single one of them. Now, some of them are in growth, ha, have been in growth and, and grew through COVID. One, we actually closed down out of them because it just wasn't working and we had to then focus on the others. So you learn as much from from both opportunities. I, w- I want people to realise that even though I focus on business growth, it doesn't always work. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. and there's different, but you've also got to be um, aware of that and make the decision. But, but we leveraged everything because you know we back the fact that this is going to be a period of time and if we focus on the right things that are going to give us the result you know over an extended period then that's going to be the right thing so that's again it's a lesson that can't be um underestimated as people go into the new
0: year so just to build on that slightly is if you listen to this in um, in your local territory there are government-backed support loan schemes that at preferential rates um in many, well, certainly in the UK, for example, those um, deadlines have been extended now. So if you haven't taken advantage of those, I think you should. And there are opportunities out there in the marketplace to be able to turn that debt into a return on investment. Yeah, indeed. Indeed.
1: What about, um, so let's talk about people who um, may have lost their jobs uh, yeah. or certainly have realized through 2020 that this idea that a job is for life is probably not something that they should hold on to as a, as a true belief. I've had many friends who've found that out. And perhaps they're thinking that um, they want to give entrepreneurship a go. Perhaps it's been something that they've always thought about, but they've never really had the impetus to do it. But now they're they're prepared to make that decision. What's your advice, Gavin, in terms of someone who's potentially thinking about going into this world of of looking after their own
0: employment? And I think I think you... Um, I think you'll see there's a lot of talent, a lot of very, very capable and experienced people that all of a sudden are going through this period of re-evaluation. And my view would be you can create a portfolio of opportunities. I think you could be pushing against an open door where there are uh, SME or even corporate clients to you that would... um, be only too delighted to have somebody of your calibre, your, your, your contacts, your intellect, et cetera, experience to be able to pay, uh, to be able to have you you on a freelance basis. So if you're able to create a handful of different clients and able to be able to use work your network, just absolutely work your network. And I, and a lot of people that have got that kind of experience and and track record could find some really interesting short-term projects that are great for the CV, great for the resume, but also, Give you a taste as to whether actually you do enjoy juggling or wearing many hats that you do when you you've got your your own business.
1: Yeah, the uh, the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, as I say, it does does take a little bit of getting used to.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I speak to somebody the other week who who is um, who literally was a fabulous guy actually. It's amazing some of the conversations. He was a delivery driver. He dropped some stuff off of the house. He had a. Um, he had a joinery business that went bust because of he one of his big uh, customers went bust. Uh, and he said, I, I just love actually having the certainty of income, of being employed and just getting out on the road and nobody can join me. But in the same week, I had a conversation that was the opposite, where someone was saying, I know I've got to wear a lot, a lot of different hats, but I am just enjoying the thrill of securing a piece of work off my own back And then getting further work after having done a good job. So they were riding high on the excitement, the thrill of the chase of going out there and winning work and delivering that work. Yeah,
1: I often say to people, it's not for everyone necessarily. But, you know, if you are considering it, now's not a bad time. Because, you know, again, if I think about clients I've got, particularly the ones who are in, you know, pretty fast scale up, a lot of them come to me and they go, oh, I want to employ teams, I want to employ people. And I think we touched on this last conversation. And my, my strong advice is not to do that right now, you know, because there are so many good people out there who are prepared to do projects, you know, for really, really efficient rates. Um, you can get some stunning people. There's, I'm actually helping a client at the moment who needs a marketing director. And I've got two people that I know who are looking for work. They've come out of very, very strong corporate backgrounds, huge experience, and they're going to go and essentially set up the marketing strategy for this company or they're pitching for at the moment. And it's really efficient, really efficient and high impact. So, so again, I think, you know, if you're a business owner and you're thinking about how you can leverage the, uh, the caliber of, of people that are out there right now, then, you know, don't be afraid to look for the freelancers, the associates, whatever you want to call it, the consultants, because there are some really good people that are available. Totally.
0: And I think to have really good people around you as we go into 21 or 22, I think it's going to be really important. I think some people would be excused for thinking once we get through 2020, then we're going to be plain sailing. And I do think the economic hangover, for one of a better phrase of what's happened this year, I think we're going to see some, in, some turbulent trading conditions over the next year or two. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's talk a little
1: bit about... Um... Because you know entrepreneurship is not just about starting your own thing. You can also buy a business, and we've you know both had experience in that. And and I think you know certainly in 21 I'm going to be focusing more. We we acquired sure. two companies in 2020, um, one in the US and one in the UK, and we are looking we are looking to uh, do another couple I think in 21. And and again I think there's more opportunities out there now because a lot of people, particularly we buy businesses off people who are generally retiring. That's our model. And a lot of people have said to me that the conversations we're having now, they just don't want to have to go back and rebuild their business again. And we're doing some quite interesting stuff around the deal structure. And we're actually paying for the businesses, the two that we acquired, uh, what we call pre-COVID valuations. So we're okay. not taking in. Yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. But because the businesses are so established, you know, some of them are 30, 40 years old we can pretty much understand the risk quotient of doing that. We're not trying to sure. go in there and do it, but it's an interesting play because I think there's plenty of people out there who have got businesses and they're just thinking, you know, how can I sell them? Is it possible to sell them? And it's a good opportunity for someone to move into entrepreneurship in that way.
0: I think so. And the, the, if the phrase I've heard so many times in the context of... Um somebody selling their business and an acquisition conversation, the outgoing or the person wanting to sell the business has said, this business just needs new blood, fresh blood, new energy. (laughs) And the the phrase I keep hearing time and time again is I'm tired. I've had enough. I want to move on. And I'm, I'm a big believer about ethically investing and how do we create a win for the the legacy of uh, the people that have founded and grown that business, a win for their team, their employees, and then, you know, a, a future for the business and a, and a good deal and a, a win all round. So deal structuring is an area that I, I, I love and I'm fascinated by. And there are some very good and creative ways in which that you can get a deal over the line, but you, you're not having to put money down or a significant amount of money down yourself.
1: No, exactly. And uh, you're right. The key thing I find with the deals that we do is, you know, a lot of businesses that are relatively small, so, you know, their revenues might be a million to five million or something like that. So they're not making a heap of profit, particularly at the lower end. Um, a lot of those businesses don't ever sell, you know, and mm-hmm. and and I find that that's, that's a travesty in its own right because someone's worked a long time to build that business and there's people there have been employed for often a similar amount of time, 20, 30 years. But there are ways of getting through that. So yeah, so that's that. I think if if people are listening to this and thinking, you know, that's interesting, guys. How do you do that? Then then I would I would encourage people to explore that option because I think there are many many good businesses, profitable businesses that are there. And if you want to have a go at being an owner, you know, and then applying the you know your maybe the experience you've had in corporate, you know, into into a smaller business where you can call the shots and create wealth for yourself and freedom over time for yourself then that's definitely an
0: area I think of 21, that's going to be an opportunity. And also don't underestimate the insights that you might've got from different sectors. So, um- Nick, I, know, I know like like myself, you've had a lot of experience across a number of different sectors, and you can see trends and you can transport strategies from one sector into another sector. So one particular sector I'm working with in the business with the business part at the moment, there is great opportunities for disruption. And some of the strategies that we would normally expect to see in different, more modern, if I would like, sectors, they, they, they actually make a really good fit here. And there's a lot of upside potential and in, 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 in an old a more mature market
1: yeah no it's a great point point. and so what do you think so i suppose as we start to think about wrapping this up australia what what's what are you personally what are your themes um, for what you're going to be doing it could be for your business itself gavin or it could also be for kind of clients you're working with but are there anything specific there
0: yeah so I'll, I'll split that into two in terms of what i'm working with my clients on and, and, and what i'm working for, for for myself so for my clients i'm really pushing for innovation um, because if they're going to stay ahead and they're going to stay relevant, they need to they need to be innovate. They need to be equally innovative and efficient financially, productivity, and in terms of their cost base. So. There are so many businesses that are in that 1 million to 10 million parades that are not all over the numbers and not really monitoring the cost base enough. So I'm doing that. Let's push on innovation, but let's make sure we're really, really careful on our cost base and keeping that flexible. And then and then for me personally, I'm, I'm so excited about the leverage that I can create through the journey around acquisitions and um, to know that... Um, all the insights that I've had for, you know, for, for the period of doing this kind of work for 25, 26 years now is that across so many different sectors in corporate and in SME to know that actually we can create some bigger change. And um, it's it's as a result of having, I think everybody listening to this at times can sometimes question do I know enough to be effective in that industry or am I good enough to do this? You know, 80% of CEOs got imposter syndrome. And the more I look into different through acquisition um, due diligence type stuff, the more I looked into different industries, the more I realized, I can bring a huge amount of value here because of what I've seen across different sectors. And I, and I, back to that point is you, we all sit on a mountain of value as our friend, Daniel Priestley says, and I think we should always recommend um, recognize that in ourselves and what we can bring to bear. So the acquisition stuff is something of real excitement for me for 21 and beyond. Yeah, no,
1: it's, it's huge. Cool. Now I, um I think for my clients to kind of answer that question, I'm talking more about um, strategic scale. So I'm talking about the importance of partnerships Yes. And, you know, the idea that, you know, even if you're a smaller business, looking at acquisitions yourself, just, just how much growth you can get from that. Some people don't do it because again, they think it's difficult, but um, I've got a couple of clients right now that have built fantastic businesses and they just need to bolt on two or three others. And then they'll get to a really, really good position where they want to sell and exit to private equity or others. So I'm focusing a lot on that. And a lot of our clients are As I said, they're fast growth, investor-backed businesses. They're all investor-backed to some degree. So the other element of that is just making sure they've got the right structure. Yeah, you know, making sure that's that's obviously you know the whole people, processes, systems elements to it, but it's more than that. It's making sure that they've got the right support around them as as founders, as leaders, and starting to really understand that. So, so that's going to be the theme I think for clients. And then for me personally, um, this is an interesting year coming up because. We've started to move, as I said, more into the US. A lot of our clients from the US, which is interesting considering we're a UK business. So that's mm-hmm. come off back of, I think, the um, the work we've been doing with the podcast. And a lot of the programs we're running now are quite embedded. So they're 12 months. We gain share. Uh, we then sit around all the way through to an exit. So we're really focused now on the pathway to exit, usually three years out as opposed to um, you know anything else. So a lot of what we're building around that is opening up our US office which is going to be in Baltimore we've got our London wow. office now and and then probably something in southeast asia but that's I don't know if that'll be 21 that'll probably be 22 actually but yeah it's been amazing it's it's kind of like the anti consultancy gavin <laughs> <laughs> it is that,
0: and, and and I'm and I'm loving that. And the other thing that we've done this year, actually, which has been really, really uh, helpful, is to build a high quality non-exec team. Mm. Um, and the calibre of people that have shown an interest to, to to support us by becoming non-execs has been fantastic, which then helps us to become more credible when we go to fundraising, etc.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. So that, that, people, I think sort of, they shy away from that because they think it's another investment or whatever else, but that's that whole saying about you've got to surround yourself with outstanding people, people who have been, you know, on the journey you're on a few steps ahead, sometimes even further, but it does make the whole thing a more enjoyable, more fun, and ultimately more successful. I think it's that whole thing about specialized knowledge, you know, <laughs> from thinking grow rich and, and, you know, the
0: quickest way to get anywhere in life is to learn from others. Back to your point about strategic partnerships, I think people are a lot more open to them now. You've got access now uh, through connecting via LinkedIn or whatever, you can actually get a shorter route to get to someone on the decision-maker. And they're much more open, even larger corporates to to win-win propositions. And I think it's a really, really effective and well-proven strategy for growth. And indeed, you know, one of uh, Jay Abraham's signature strategies early on in his career. It is,
1: well, he's he's, he's got a crazy level of precision. <laughs> You know, like lots of different things going on, but when you see how he pulls it together, but yeah, no, I, I listen. I'm I'm really looking forward to 21. Uh, again, I think I don't think it's going to be uh, anything that we can you know potentially anticipate. I think there's going to be more changes, pivots, you know, lockdowns, non lockdowns. I, I don't think it's going to be an amazing travel year. Um, I'm hoping that it does pick up after the summer, but I'm starting to see people become to use your word, being very innovative in terms of how they need to operate given the constraints. And I I find it massively inspiring to see, you know, people really take charge of things from what could look like it's a catastrophe Mm. to then turning into that into something magical. I find that amazing. And I think that's only going to increase in twenty one. I agree
0: there's a phrase or a question I've often asked audiences when I've been speaking when they're doing a goal setting piece and uh, I say with someone of your skill your experience your passion your talent your drive is that goal that you just set worthy of you because I have a belief that most of us play it too safe and, or is, are you presenting yourselves a challenge that's worthy of us? And I think most of us have been presented with a challenge worthy of us in leadership position over this course of this year. And I think many will look back and reflect, actually, I did a better job than I probably thought I would have done in the circumstances, but that bodes well for what we can create going
1: forward. Yeah. I mean, one of my mentors said to me, a goal is something that you come from, not something you work towards, meaning that you have to obviously have the identity of, of who you are at that point to create something. It's not something that, you know, sits above you. And I think that's a powerful thing. So, you know, I would always encourage people to set, you know, pretty big ambitious goals, results, outcomes this year. And and do, you know, like like we've talked about for the last, you know, 40 minutes or so, you've got to take a hell of a lot of action, maybe double up things, make sure you don't get burnt out. <laughs> Cause that's sure. the, but, but the people who have, who have really done that this year um, are the ones who are, I think now, going into 21 in a really good place. And it doesn't mean that if you are not in that position, you can't, but, you know, learn from those points.
0: Evanick it's a real pleasure. I, I enjoy uh, this this conversation, this catch-up, and who knows, we might make it. this is a bit of an annual tra- tradition. Well, but...
1: why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> the fireside chat, I call it, Gavin. Like, you know, yeah, we could yeah. have been sitting here with, you know, some cognac and the cigars. Yeah, uh... we should have done, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. it's been an absolute pleasure. It's great always having you on Scale Up Your Business. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm more than happy to keep this
0: going and um, adding value to our respective communities. So if um, anybody want listening to, to my podcast, The Business Mastermind Podcast, wants to check out uh, So Nick, how do they do that, Nick?
1: Yep. So uh, listen to the podcast, scale up your business. You can find that on any channel that you listen to Spotify or Apple um, podcasts. Um, You can come and check us out at our website, which is suyb.global. That's our new website where we do a lot of our different programs. And then I tend to hang out on LinkedIn a lot, Gavin. That's the best place for someone Uh, to connect with me personally.
0: How about you? Yep. Same. Find me on LinkedIn, Gavin Preston, and it's the Business Mastermind Podcast. And again, you'll find that on Apple and on Spotify.
1: And the book. You've got to read the book as well.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for the <laughs> opportunity for another quick plug. Yeah, you got to read no, the book. it's a
1: great book, and I'm happy to put it into the show notes. Of, uh, so, so it's
0: Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale, and Succeed in Business. Uh, the first uh, part very much is about strategies for survival. And part two is around the right, let's thrive in these certain times. And it's also available on Audible as well
1: excellent well you know what i you know what we should do this year coming 21 Uh, if there's any opportunities to hook up on any of these acquisitions or any of that sort of stuff even just to collaborate that that, let's set that as something because then then we can potentially talk about the uh this time next year
0: the next year (laughs) all the best for you and your family nick a real pleasure yeah likewise thanks very much Gavin.